0: what is up everybody how's it going and welcome back to the backwoods sports show here we are back at it on the 26th of march here in 2022 things are looking pretty blue in some places but it's looking up and pretty damn sexy here in the world of sports had saint peter's them peacocks going last night getting that big big old dub I mean, I took the plus thirteen or twelve point five, but that thing smacked hard as all hell, and they got that big dub. So big shout out to Dougie and the boys out there. But uh, I'm have to welcome on in here, uh, Sir McGee. So how you doing, man? How's your weekend, Ben?
1: Uh, it's my weekend's been great with all the uh, March Madness going on, a lot of upsets, and just a lot of fun basketball to watch in general. And on top of that, we got a lot of NFL news also. So great off season so far for the NFL. A lot of news.
0: Hell yeah, dude. It's been an absolute ride this offseason. It kind of feel like some teams might be getting money pushed to them in the backside just to make some moves. No. <laughs> but for real, though, it has been, like you said, just an absolute crazy offseason. Everyone's been going bonkers off the walls. Different trades, you know, people flipping around, going to different teams. Um, I don't think it's anywhere near done yet, but we'll see soon enough. You know, Matt Ryan, all these other moves at quarterbacks going wild. Uh, I was saying earlier, I think... We have the most spread-out quarterbacks in the NFL we've ever had at one point in time. Um, right now, I can't really think of a team that doesn't have a quarterback besides what? Maybe the uh, Panthers? <laughs> it's about the only team, especially draft-wise, thinking. But I won't stay too long. Seahawks. We're going to pop over here. He what? Seahawks. Yeah, Seahawks, too. But that's all I'm saying draft-wise. I feel like some of these teams are going to nail someone down in the draft. Um, Desmond Ritter... Knock him down for those Panthers, maybe a second, third rounder. But that dude is going to be going. I'll say that. But we'll pop over here first here to the Boston Bruins, man, over there in the Garden. They were, I'm going to say a little bit at least, but smacking it up lately. They're four and one in their last five games, beating the Lightning three to two, the Canadians three to two, Jets four to two, the Wild loss, the only loss in there was a Wild loss four to two, and also beating them Blackhawks two to one. So. Playing a hell of a job out there. They're six right now in the conference and third in the Atlantic Division, I think by like a game or so. So doing what they got to do to get by and all that. But uh, Swayman has really been heating up there in goal. And uh, seems to certainly be the solid option for them going into the playoffs as the net binder as of right now. But uh, kicking it over to the other side over there in Boston, we have, you know, the old Fenway Franks, those boys out there in the big old red and blue. We got the Boston Red Sox finally coming back out. Baseball's out of the lockout. Finally, fucking finally out of the lockout. Um, what is it? They, the whole big thing was holding it up was the international draft in 2024. So we're going to see how all that goes and everything going into this break. But, I mean... As of right now, we got baseball on the ride, man, and I think it's uh gonna be a fun time that's for sure. What do you think about that? you think their chances here getting Trevor's story are gonna make it for a new story?
1: I mean, I think they're even good without him before they even got him uh, I mean Red Sox they weren't ranked too high, but uh, us Red sox fans we, we know not to doubt them ever because uh, they can they can do anything they can they can flip the record around. Within fifty games, and they can, and that goes by season too. They got to have an up season, a down season, back to back. But we knew the Red Sox gonna be hot this year, and so far in spring training, they've been nothing but hot. So I'm excited to watch the regular season.
0: Yeah, man, they've been smacking the crap out of the ball, pitching like wild. Everything's been going pretty sweet for them as of recently. So we'll see how it goes heading into the season here, but. And like I said, having uh, Trevor Story there, I feel like it's, you know, like the rest of the league stacking up, Red Sox didn't have to add much, but that is a big old bat and just a great fielder right there to add into the lineup. So that's somebody where I think it's, you know, just going to create another solid spot in the lineup for them and hopefully bolster everybody else to, you know, make a good run this year and do some big old damage, as they like to say over there in Boston. So... But we'll, uh, we'll kick it next over. We skipped in the middle. We'll kick it over to the hottest part, the hottest locker room in the garden. And that's the Boston Celtics. They started off this season going into the break 23-24. and 24, And have now won 23 of their last 27 since the All-Star break. Jason Tatum, man, I've been knocking on you all season and since last year and maybe even the year before a little bit of times. But I'm going to say right now and for just right now, he is absolutely knocking my ass right out and telling everybody that's ever told him wrong, I'm a fucking superstar right here, so step to the fucking side and let me do my shit. But that isn't without the help of Jalen Brown and the other boys as well, because they are all absolutely killing it. Everybody right now on that team is going off. How do you feel about it, man? Yeah,
1: like you said, they've been going off, and it wasn't always like that. Like you said, they're mm-hmm. around 500 at, around the all-star yep. break, clinging on to that 10 seed. And we saw early in the season Marcus Smart had that burst down the locker room, calling out his stars Tatum and Jalen. You guys are averaging Tatum a high of twenty seven and Brown almost twenty four points a game. And he said you guys need to pass the damn ball a little bit, move the ball around. Yep. He backed that up because we saw within those first fifty or so games they were twenty first in the league in assist percentage. Um, so Marcus Smart had reason to be mad. And oh anyway, yeah, definitely. You, um, you know they had a lot of uh, COVID bug, and uh, you know Smart was out for like six games. Brown was out for the first fourteen to thirty games or whatever with injury. Um, you yep. had coach a lot of different factors, but at the end of the day, you guys got to start passing the ball, and they did that, and they made it up with um, some defense also. Oh hell yeah, they
0: did, man! Robert Williams has been uh, the solid all along, and so obviously has been Marcus Smart, as we all know, but. With having everybody playing it, especially Jason Tatum himself, and, I mean, you said it right after they made the trade, but Derek White, man, I don't think it could have worked any sweeter. And I really did like Dennis Schroeder in that spot, but Derek White is filling that 1,000% like as opposed to 100
1: Yeah, it's nice to have him uh, more, like, secure point guard there, I would say. Someone that can pass the ball, uh, can shoot, can do a little spot up, um, and just uh knows where to be on the floor, so it's good to see um, him connect with the team so well
0: right away. Yeah, that's for damn sure, man, because it's one of those things where like, Schroeder's really good, but and I mean, I always resort back to, you know, I say, Russell Westbrook in this aspect, is sometimes they're a little bit too fast for themselves, and uh, get themselves in some trouble. And I think Derek White is just a little more humble. And, and humble, should I say, just more in control of his own game is how I should put it. And uh, he's been playing a hell of a goddamn games lately, honestly. And it's been, you know, really spurring them to uh, take on some of these teams that should, I mean, not to say they are playing them full strength at times, because they certainly haven't like the Warriors game with Steph Curry going down and whatnot, and the whole Klay Thompson issue we talked about before. But, I mean, man, they are taking down some teams that should be giving a lot more problems than they have been. I'll say that.
1: Yeah, and like we said, it goes back to the defense, you know, of their last 27 games of that stretch we talked about, 14 of those teams the Celtics held them to under 100 points, um, which yep. is very impressive. And in general, they've been holding their opponents to 42 points in the paint, which is the fewest in the NBA. So you know, you know, Tatum said himself after the All-Star break, that's when you got to play your best basketball, and they're definitely doing game's that free. right now.
0: Hell yeah, man! They are they are playing lights out right now, and uh, you know, going forward, like I said before. NBA right now, to me, is, seems like it's the most non-star-studded it's been in a long time. You have it really spread out. A lot of teams right now have a lot of chances to make some runs, possibly, especially in these playoffs. Um, obviously, I feel like the big-name guys, superstars, are going to start to take over when that comes around. But, you know, maybe some of these younger teams might have a chance still. Maybe not jawing them, because I don't know. I mean, they're, they're pretty solid themselves. But we'll see. I think some of these... Season teams that don't exactly have the standalone superstars may still have a shot at it this year. That's for sure. Oh,
1: that's yeah, what the Cinderella story is all about.
0: Definitely, man, Cinderella and then peacocks. <laughs> we'll yeah. kick it over uh, to some more stuff in the NBA. What else you got in this deck for us, man? That seems to be stacked every week. Well, I think the biggest news in the NBA that we
1: got this past week was that um, Vanessa Bryant. And Nike came to a new agreement when the, all Yo. the contract stuff seemed over. We didn't really know what was going on. His, his, Kobe's contract expired shortly after he passed. Um, no one signed a new deal. Gigi had some shoes that were going to come out that didn't end up getting released. But now Vanessa Bryant decided, you know, or signing with Nike a new deal. 100% of proceeds are going to the Mamba and Mamba Cita Sports Foundation. So this is really huge. Yeah. Since Kobe passed, nearly 20% of the NBA has worn Kobe's or their his attire on the court. And even during the bubble, over 30% of players, it's over 100 out of 300 players were wearing Kobe's shoes during the bubble. So um, it's pretty neat to see that. And Kobe's legacy is going to keep living on. People can keep buying his stuff. Uh, the demand's going to be higher than ever. And the first shoe to be released is going to be May 1st, which would have been Gigi's 16th birthday. And they're going to release those shoes that I just mentioned. Were, were supposed to be released last April before the contract expired. So those will be the first on the market. And then there's supposed to be, I think, six different uh, Kobe models on top of the current 11 that are going to be released for uh, people to use in the future, people to buy. So that's huge news. That's great okay. to see for uh, for you know basketball and just for Kobe and you know all that stuff. And they're also creating. Um, Like a a youth basketball court somewhere in Cali um, to help with like the youth generation grow up and get into basketball for those that can't really um, get there on their own. So it's it's great to see they're still doing youth work and uh, charity and all that stuff. It's really awesome to see.
0: Yeah, that's huge, man. I mean, to see the, everything with Kobe go to the wayside just because he had passed away, like, I get it. He's not the man in charge no more, and, and to speak for him and make moves for him is like a, it, I guess for fans and for anyone, even family, it's a tough thing to see, and especially in the wake of it, you don't really want to be dealing with all that stuff. I i said they probably put it to the side so they didn't have to deal with those kind of things and think more about it, oh, but yeah. it's great now to see him back out in the forefront, them putting him out there, and um I mean, no one's ever going to forget about Kobe, I'll say that much. He's a Laker. Maybe if he was on the goddamn Hornets the whole time, they could have forgot about him. <laughs> but um, I'll say one thing, man. Kobe lives on, and goddamn, it's uh, it's going to be a ride, I'll say that much. We'll see how everything goes down the road, but I'm sure they're going to sell the hell out of that shit. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah hopefully, hopefully we don't definitely. get
1: a lot of scalpers on these new Johns, because we don't want to see yeah, anybody right? you know, doing that shit with, with Kobe's name on it, but... Either yeah, way, for real, so man. that's a lot of good... That's that's some wholesome news, but you know, with the NBA, it's a lot of back and forth, and you know, especially when you're one of those top teams in the NBA, and you got a lot of pressure on you, some things might crack, and I don't know if you saw the other day, Adonis oh, Haslam yeah. and Jimmy Butler were kind of getting into it. Spolster kind of got in there, too. What, what seemed oh, yeah. to happen... Spolster kept coming back at him, too, man. That was wild. Yeah. Uh, uh, evidently, Spo was mad, that. Jimmy, he wasn't contesting shots. He wasn't putting his hand up or nothing like that. So he was like, "I'm nope. gonna play some defense." And then Butler, we all know he kind of has a short temper. He's kind of a hothead. And, you know, he he started going drawing back at him. And there's actually you could actually yeah. see Spolzer talking in the in the huddle, and he said, "What do you think I'm gonna fucking fight you?" And he started kind of laughing about it. And it just yeah, to get to the point where your coach is like, "Come on, dude! Like, what are we doing here?" Your coach is doing that. Yeah, and then we see Haslam. He's drawn in there. He actually said, this is my city still, to Jimmy, which is pretty pretty G, I think. I like Udonis because it is his city. <laughs> yeah.
0: And, no, I mean, yeah. yo, like, Udonis has been the coach player for how long now? Like, yeah. he is Neither literally, player. like, as God sent a word, as Spolstra is at this point. He's got to be. He's been through the championships. He's been through the bad seasons. And, you know, and then what is it? For him, them to bring up D-Wade or, or Jimmy to bring up D-Wade there? Like, you're only relevant because of him, yo. And I'm like... Man, I wouldn't go there, because they're, like, they're as solidified in Miami history and lore as like, anyone, honestly. And yeah, Udonis was a pretty decent part of that, I'll be honest.
1: Yeah, for sure. I don't know how accurate that quote was, but but for sure, Udonis, uh is there for a reason. I mean, he's held that roster spot and hasn't played in like six years, so there's yeah. a reason why he's there. Some people say, oh, you know, get rid of that roster spot, that could be a young guy, that could be the next all-star, but... Come on, man! It's like the 15th yeah. spot, like, and and it's not like he's holding the bench warm. Like he's he's doing something, you know. He's a very he's a mentor. He's there. He's the guy. Yeah, you know I feel you know, like you know, you not got to explain it to you.
0: Yeah, like, and he's gonna have coach cred by the time he's like actually done whatever the hell that is because dude's I'll old be enough already. But, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe for damn sure because he's been in that role already, and it's like to see him like that and being being doing what he's been doing. Like, there's something to having a coach on the floor with you that can actually roll through and do stuff with you and, and make you understand it from, like, a player's side as opposed to just the coach side. Like, he's not just in a suit. He's out there in the in the gear and everything and making it you know, making it happen. I'll say that yeah. much.
1: So I got a question for you about this whole incident. How do you feel All about right. it? Do you think it's, like, overplayed? Because we know Jimmy Butler, he's an acquired taste, um, and it, we know who Jimmy Butler is. And, you know, he have lost three straight now. We saw Spolster throwing his clipboard. I like that because it sort of sparked. He showed the fire. Says, "I know we, I know we can do this." So like, let's execute. Yeah. How do you feel about the whole incident? Do you think is it gonna break them, or they gonna keep tearing down and lower their seating? Do you think this is it gonna spark something?
0: I mean, I'll say one thing: is the uh, is it the worst thing if they were to drop in the seatings? Like, I mean, I know everyone keeps talking about, oh, don't want to be number two, don't want to be number two. Are they trying to drop down even further than that and make sure they don't have a shot at playing the Nets? Like, like I, I just being honest. There's a lot of that playing right now. Where like I feel like, like the Celtics, they're making a hell of a run. I will not take anything away from them. But I'm also like, well, you pump the brakes. Like, I mean, if you get first place, cool. But like there's also that chance we're going to meet the Nets, but are the Nets going to be what they are at sometimes? Are they going to be that shit side of the Nets? Is it going to matter, you know, having Simmons, not Simmons? You know, it's all that playing in part with it, but you just kind of look at it as, like, open book as of right now, and truthfully, every time Jimmy, I mean, what, he's been on three, four teams now, Jimmy has? Something like that? I think it's three. He's had a problem everywhere he's been. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's tough. I mean, from outside looking in and not knowing as much as I probably should know about Jimmy himself, I'm going to say Jimmy might just be the issue, and he might... Him getting lazy at times, and, like, you can't be lazy if you're the superstar. i put it that way. And if you're going to be lazy, pick a time where it's not going to hurt you like this, because he's picking the wrong times.
1: Yeah. I think them even making the finals in the bubble was, like, almost enough for them, like, to... Be satisfied,
0: yeah, I guess. Get a, yeah, exactly. Get satisfied, complacent.
1: Yeah, and it's like, I don't know. And they're one seed, like, they're doing good, but, I mean, at the same time, I'm looking, at say, how are these guys one seed? I'm looking at, like, exactly. how's, a- how's, like, you know, like, all these teams, like, I, I can name, like, three or four teams that I would think are one over the heat, especially how they've been yeah. playing lately, but, like I said, uh, Spoelstra is a great coach, and, as you said, they might end up playing Brooklyn, because they're going to be in the playing tournament, it looks like. Who knows? Kyrie yep. can play now. Who knows? But one thing I want to see, if we see that matchup, I'm not even looking at the on-court matchup. I'm looking at Spolster versus Nash. And I want to see oh, how... Yeah. Cause they're both very high-IQ guys, but one thing I noticed, Nash, I don't ever see him getting mad. I mean, they just gave up 140 no, he's a very points. very They gave up 140 points to the Grizzlies without John Morant, and I didn't see him yell yeah. once. Yep. And and I saw spolsa freak out for Jimmy Butler, his superstar, not putting a hand up in a man's face. So... I want to see how these guys kind of react off court, or you know, on the sidelines. Uh, you know, but then we I'm get po- back
0: to the superstar level, though. We get back to that superstar level. Like I've always said, it, Jimmy Butler ain't no fucking straightaway superstar. He's the I gotta bust my ass and I gotta make every play to be considered the superstar. On the on the Nets now, they got the big heads. They got KD. They got Kyrie. They got old dudes like you know all the old guys in there. They got Drummond. Whatnot, so it's like when you look at that, and then especially you have Simmons in there. It's not to say like they gotta be like he's gotta be soft and not attack, I mean, not attack, but like not be so verbal to him. But it's that situation where like I feel like the coach is kind of almost on ice. Like he's like I don't know if I should be ripping him or not because at the end of the day they know their job. Like it is a profession; they are professional. They, you know, KD can go out and put forty on the court. Kyrie just showed he could put up sixty. So. Like, I know we got this in the bag. It's just, can you pull out the bag when we need it? And the other thing I look at, too, is getting so far to the end of the year. I'm sure he's comfortable with his team being where they are and knowing they'll most likely be right in the play-in. And like, oh, it's fine. We're going to play, you know, a team that we could probably scrape up in the first round. But I look at it also as, does he want to create a rift right before they go in the playoffs and knock that team off what they're doing right now? I don't think so.
1: I don't think so either, but it's it's great you mentioned that because yeah, because as we just said, Kyrie can play now. Um, New York City lifted the private sanction mandate for the Barclays Center, yeah. so athletes and performers can participate and do the thing in the center now. Oh, yeah, and it's gonna raise a lot of questions because now Kyrie can play one hundred percent of games, assuming he'll be healthy. Um, yep, and and it's such close seeding. The first three seeds, all up twenty-seven losses. The Celtics at four of twenty-eight losses. Seeds 5 through 7 are only separated by one game each, so they could very well be out of the playing tournament and even get oh, the yeah. 5 seed. Um,
0: I mean, I'll be honest. The team Purtu. where I, I said before, with Rosen man, and how hot he was playing at first, it was like how many games in a row of 30 points or something, and then he man. started to cool off. As soon as the Rosen cooled off, the whole goddamn Bulls team cooled off, man. They are a team where I'm going to say funny. now, book them, book the Bulls, for the playing tournament, that's where they're going to be. Because I bet you the Nets hop up and a bubble. That's
1: that would take a lot, but it might be. And uh, just like you said, you know, but, uh, DeRozan has been going off, and he got cold, and then the team kind of got cold. And it's funny because yeah. from Bulls fans' perspective, they saying, "Oh, Jimmy is hot." Like we're doing this. Like we got a ton of injuries. They keep saying we got a ton of injuries. And now that they're now that uh, DeRozan's cold. And they're losing. They go, oh, we don't have Lonzo. Like So our defense stinks now. Like We don't yeah. have Pa who only played 20 games anyway. It's like, yeah, right. oh, <laughs> you were just you were just talking the talk for the last 20, 30 mm-hmm. games when, Butler was go- when DeRozan was going off. I keep saying Butler. When DeRozan was going off, yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden he stopped, the same circumstances, and he just stopped. And then the team flow kind of stopped. And now it's injury. Now it's, oh, it's not the leadership. It's not the shot selection. It's not the defense. It's, it's not... Yep. Rosen. It's just, it's Lonzo. That's another one of those skin.
0: situations. Yeah, they had more Kimmy people. Jimmy Butler acting. and Rosen.
1: They had more people injured when they were in the Jimmy Butler and DeRozan. Off. They're about the same. And now that they're yeah, cold. Yeah, no, that's true. It, that is true. It doesn't make any sense, but we'll keep it moving. No, nah, it really uh, doesn't. But t- speaking of players that are playing really hot, Devin Booker is making his name up in the MVP race. He's in the top five right now. a lot of people saying maybe he should be top three i want to know where you land on that because this man's averaging 27 5 and 5 his team's getting 60 wins the best in the league 15 more than anybody else do you think booker should be talked about more or do you think he's just getting outplayed by these other guys
0: i mean honestly just it i feel like at this point in the nba with how centers are and just being so versatile it's going to be very hard for anyone to win MVP that's not a power forward or a center in the NBA anymore. I, I honestly believe that because unless you're like a – I mean, if Ray Rondo had a shot, like a true pure shot back in the day, I think he could have won MVP at some point if he played primetime Rondo every single day because that dude got rebounds, that dude got the assists, he made all the right plays, beautiful passes like uh, Joker, all that, and – to be the center and be able to get 20-25 you know, 20, 25 a night with double-digit rebounds, like that right there in itself is already MVP level. And then you take in, whether Embiid or whether Joker, even Giannis, they're all doing that, and they're making these absolutely incredible passes to get dudes open, sucking in the defense to get everything spread out. It's, it's a different game nowadays, man, and it's not just that shooter that's going to get MVP every time. To me, it really is like... I think the MVP at this point is more of a pure um, award. I think before when it was like LeBron was always getting it or someone like him, it was like that mold. That build was who was going to win the MVP every year. And now that's kind of breaking. And it, like I said, it's becoming that big man award at this point. Damn near anyway. How yeah. do you
1: feel? Yeah, I agree. The last three years, we saw Jokic and then Giannis got back-to-back. Before that, we saw four guards get yeah. it in a row between you know Curry, Westbrook, and Harden. Um, but yeah, yeah, but that was
0: like upset, like exceptional shooting. Like they were like so far above the normal of like great yeah. shooters that it was yeah. kind of like, it's one of those hard to ignore. You got to give it to them. So that's why I say like with some of these dudes in the power forward and center position shooting the lights out, I mean, hell, I think Cat could get it eventually if he's maybe not on the goddamn Timberwolves. <laughs>
1: that's a good take. I could, I could back you up on that for sure. But yeah, like you said, yeah. I, when the guards get it, it's just like. Exceptional shooting, you know, Curry in the 15 and 16. He got the back to back, he got the unanimous. Oh, yeah, that's like historical. Russell Westbrook only got it. Westbrook stole it. Harden should have got back to back because Westbrook only got it because he averaged a triple double. And that was like such a narrative that the NBA had a role with it, which is how they decide a lot of these. Oh, uh,
0: yeah,
1: awards. But I I agree, I can see, but in the
0: end, that's a huge thing, like, yeah, and like Westbrook. But that's why I said Westbrook being a point guard, like. There to me, like yeah, Harden definitely had a great year that year and everything. But to me, yeah, like that was a rightful award. Like to average a triple double, rebounds, assists, and scoring in general, all of those as a point guard. Like to me, the biggest one out of that is the goddamn uh, rebounds in there because you're a point guard and you're down there banging bodies to get those. And I won't say banging bodies as much because it's pretty soft. Shot goes up, dudes are running halfway back before the shot even hits the rim, but. I get it, want to get back and all, but dude's making the damn plays at the end of the day and he's putting up those stats. got to give him that fucking award, you right?
1: I guess, but then why didn't we give it to him the following two or three years when he did the same thing?
0: Come back to me, I don't know. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, I don't know, I think, I, I think it, was such a, it was such a big topic when it happened because Harden arguably had a better season that year than the next year when he won. He was just shooting lights no, that's out. That's true, and too. I think and it was just, it was cool to see because they had no former teammates and I don't know how they are at the head or anything like that, but yeah, who knows. But I, I remember know. that
0: too, because the whole narrative about that first triple-double year was like, oh, he didn't shoot that well, because he had this one like horrible game shooting, and then the next game, and they he literally good, went on like a tear. And then after good, that, it kind of went the rest of the season the same way it had been, you know?
1: Yeah. And the, the team didn't do anything either.
0: No, nah, no, they didn't do shit. But, so that's yeah. why, like, I said earlier in the season, like... I mean, now it's kind of proven me wrong with the whole John Morant thing because that goddamn team's winning without him right now, and they're doing – it's not better, but they are very consistent even without him out there. And, I mean, Booker, like you said before, back to that main point, I think he could be in the top conversation, but realistically, like, you've been talking to me, man, and B, Joker, and Giannis have just been sep- – I mean, not as much Giannis, but they've been separating themselves pretty well. But that Dark Horse and Tatum, man – if he finishes a year doing what he's doing and getting more rebounds and stuff, it'll be hard to ignore it, I'll say that much. I definitely think he'd at least get a vote or two.
1: Yeah, and who knows? He's still young. He's, what, 23 or 24 years old?
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I mean, hell, if he does what he's, he's done 10. this back half next year, I almost think it's a lock that he could get it. Or at least a lock for like the top three I, or something, because there's always going to be a big man with those stats, too.
1: I could see that. Um, I'd even give him, you know, the next five, six years to make his case because he's not going to get yeah, his absolutely. next contract until he's 27. He's going to be entering his prime then, so that's going to be another five yep. years that we'll get to see how well he does. Yeah. And I mean, hey, even, like, LeBron's putting up numbers that he could argue to be an MVP. Oh, but, yeah. again, I think that I mean, hell, just pushing away.
0: Yeah, I was saying that before, man. If LeBron really gets him in the playoffs and maybe gets passed around or two, I know it gets decided before that. But if it didn't, he gets passed around or two. Like it's pretty damn hard to ignore that because LeBron, you know, whether he's put nice in the back on the knees, whatever, he's been out, getting out there and getting after it as much as he's always been. Um, one guy I want to look at real quick though, mentioned in there, man, maybe I uh, maybe maybe a little dabbling with on the, fan, the little, Uh Luka Doncic, man. How do you feel about that? The man with no All Stars, no one even basically with a name around him. And he's got his team right up in there in the thickums in that Western Conference.
1: Well, um, I think you got to give a little credit to Spencer Dinwiddie because he already hit two game winners for him, but I think that he, is true. He got traded over there, so yeah. he's and I don't think anybody thought he was going to do well. And a lot of people were surprised he ended up no. going there. Maybe thinking he's going to be part of another trade or something, and yep. no one really thought he would fit too well. I know I didn't. I know a lot of people I talked to didn't. And he's—I'm very surprised how well he's flourished in there, and he's really stepped up. And they do have those guys like Brunson and and them that have uh, that are just good role players that are good fit fit the spot, and then let Luca do his thing. And I think since he's yeah, definitely kind of dealing with a lot of nobodies, he should definitely get his name talked about more. I um, actually yeah, like. I think he he's like say, fourth or something you know, right a, now in
0: the in the running.
1: He's up there, there. there. yeah. And he, yeah. he he said, "Hey, I'm, I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop crying to the refs." Yeah, he just said that, and you know that's been a lot. Of, that's yep. been a big thing on him the last year or so. His rookie year, he was fine. Second year, and you know he's been complaining a lot. And he said, you know, I, I finally watched the tape. I saw it It looks bad. I'm going to stop doing that. And you know what? You're going to start getting yeah. more calls if you stop doing that a bit. But
0: no, exactly. Not everybody's LeBron and can get away with that. And like I was saying, I mean, right now it's Embiid, it's Joker, Attentacumbo Doncic, Morant, and Booker. I mean, then you go past it. You go Durant, Curry, DeRozan, Tatum, Tatum, and then LeBron. But I'll be honest, know. though. Curry? What? Huh? I can't even believe he's on that list. Curry That's just out that of respect, be... man.
1: Yeah, he's had too much of an up-and-down season. He did have a case, you know, yeah. around All-Star
0: break. Um, but No, he was going lights out at that there. point. Definitely. But, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. one of those things, man. <laughs> but...
1: Keeping it in the West, you know, we talked about the Lakers uh, trying to make the play-in tournament. There's another Western team that's kind of on the fringe there of the playoffs and the play-in. It's the New Orleans Pelicans, and there's been some rumors, yeah. you know, we heard Zion, oh, he's out for the season, No, he'll be back, oh, he's getting more surgery, oh, but he'll come back after. And now it's saying, you know what, he's done for the season, we're not even going to risk putting him back in. Not only that, but now there's NBA Insiders saying, this dude probably just played his last game as a Pelican. And, it doesn't surprise you know, me, though. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me either because, you know, no one was happy from the start. We look at his journey in the NBA. He's getting drafted. Everybody thinks New York Knicks, they're going to win the lottery. They're going to get Zion. He wants to be there. He, he said it, you, yeah. know, you know, match made in heaven. Then all of a sudden, the Pelicans win the lottery. How'd that happen? I don't know. Maybe because they traded Anthony Davis before, and the NBA thought they needed to make up a number one pick. I don't know. Yep. That's a that's conspiracy theory for someone else, but the Pelicans guy, they got Zion. Um, Then they got the most, well, I was confused the most, they got Stan Van Gundy, and, and coming from a Pistons fan, who, he just left, he was jobless, He's at the unemployment line before the Pelicans called him and said, hey, we got a bunch of young players that don't know what they're doing, you want to come and coach them? And to me, I said, you're not asking the right guy, you can ask Stan Van Gundy's brother probably for better advice, because... Damon Gunny himself, no, you got to give him some bets, unless it's Dwight Howard, which none of these guys are, go and imagine. I'm sorry, but Definitely. that was a stupid signing from the beginning, and I called it, and nobody saw it for some reason within that organization, and, you know, he got fired pretty quickly. Yep. Um, not only that, um, but Zion, they didn't get him any help. Well, they got no. CJ, but they got him a year late, and they got him when Zion's not playing, so I don't know what that organization no. is doing. He, do you think Greg? Go, do you think? Do you think he can be the next Greg Oden, like with his injuries, or do you think he's going to land on a team and he's going to actually start excelling?
0: I think eventually he's going to excel. It's just a matter of time as to, like you said, it's where he goes, man. Because at this point, with how irrelevant and how many guys that are superstars want to leave Nola, should Nola even have a team at this point? Like to be honest, hey, just, it just I'm has there. that stain it's got a big old shit stain across the goddamn team at this point in that Smoothie King Arena, whatever the hell it's called. And just no goddamn person with even a scratch of a name in the NBA wants to play there. It's just how it is. Um, They don't have that bad of a team. That's the worst part about it. And for what all we know, and I remember listening to the McAfee show before a couple weeks, maybe a month ago or something like that, he was even asking this NBA insider, like, yo, so, like... Greg is, like, kind of ready, and he's, like, ramping up, and he's doing, what was it, the one on O's and the 2 on O's and the 3-on-0s, like, getting ready. But he was out in freaking Portland for this whole time. Now he's coming back to NOLA, and he's gonna start working out, doing all these different, you know, workouts and stuff to ramp up. And then we get this, and then the next day after that news, he's out there on a padded court, dunking the ball. What the hell is going on? Like, he's showing right now, bro, like... I may not be play-play oh, ready, well. but I ain't screwed. Like, I should not be done is basically what it looks like. And it seems like this team is making a business decision when when you're this close to the fucking playoffs, do you need to make a business decision or do you need to just put the goddamn dude on the court? He's a professional, yeah, I ain't think, he? he? can get used to it.
1: To because the writing has got to be on the wall for him because, like you said, if if, if they were really like that, they would have cleared him. They would have put him in. Maybe he refused. Maybe they didn't. He refused. I don't know. But, like you yeah, said, he could have. I mean, most up, likely. He's putting up 27 a night. He's only 21 years old. I think I if think he gets traded, I think the Knicks are the team to look for. I think the Knicks, Atlanta, Chicago, and Minnesota are all the teams I think that would fit well with him. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I see him getting traded. But, like you said, Nola kind of sucks. So. Is it, is it kind of a false perspective? Because we saw AD when he was there. He was MVP talk. This dude was the best power forward in the league. He was chewing lights out. He was doing everything. When him and Boogie yeah. were together, they were just going off. Then all of a sudden, he oh, leaves yeah. NOLA. What's he doing in LA? Besides getting hurt? Not really doing too much on the court. So Nothing, bro. Uh, Maybe we're going to see something similar. Zion, you know, he went off when he was playing. But now that he's going to be somewhere else? I mean, not maybe in high market going from... NOLA to LA with AD, small to huge market. Maybe that could have affected him. Who knows? Okay, so now if Zion goes from NOLA to Madison Square Garden, how's that going to affect him? I know he wanted to be there. Everybody wants to be there. Everyone wants the big lights, but are you are going to back it up? It's gonna yeah, be really you're going to back it up when the
0: big lights are on and you got the big mouths out there calling your name because if you can't do it in NOLA, bro, you ain't going to do it nowhere. I'll say that right now. But, but he's doing I mean, I'll course. be real though, if he wants to really excel and make something out of what he's got for chances, if it's out of those four teams, if that if that right there, you're saying those four teams, Atlanta, New York, uh, Chicago, and Minnesota, there ain't no better place to go than Chicago for him. Mm-hmm. He would fit that li- that lineup, Oh, he'd fit that so damn sweet. I think he'd be perfect in that lineup. But, yeah. it also comes with a price too, because we all know how that's been going, and not that it, you know, I think they started to run a little too fast this season. And maybe if, you know, who knows, Zion was healthy this year around the you know around the trade deadline and everything. That could have been a possible move. I know they got a lot of pieces over there and whatnot. But, yeah. I mean, we'll see how it goes going forward. But I'll tell you one thing. Zion, just like you said, he ain't a NOLA, boy. All, the only thing he likes in NOLA is, goddamn, some of that seafood down there. That's about it. Yeah, for I sure. Big 300-pounder.
1: <laughs> but... To finish up our NBA drama, we saw Yusuf Nurkic. I don't know if you saw what happened sideline. Uh, you know, I did, that game. phone slapping. Yep, so you, uh, Yusuf has been out with injury, uh, something with his knee. I'm not really sure, to be honest with you. But, yep, yeah, going up to a courtside fan, and on the video we saw, we didn't hear any audio or anything like that. We saw uh, Nurkic grab the fan's phone, and Yo. he dropped it without looking. About, like, three or four uh seats back like a ragdoll and it turns out uh, the fan was talking trash about Nurkic's mother and grandmother, you know, calling him trash and calling his grandma a bitch and all that. So, you give Nurkic the okay to take his phone and chuck it, given the circumstances?
0: Bro, if I was Nurkic, I would have taken that phone right in my hand. Screw throwing the goddamn thing. The thing probably still works. (laughs) It's just got a crack or two. I would have just boom right there and just handed it right back to him. Real nice and easy. Because, yeah, you start imagine. talking about family, man. He's lucky he just didn't get a smack up beside the face right there, honestly. And with that, yeah. uh, what he got, whatever the fine was, the 500K or whatever fine, take that big, like, alright, give it to my mama. That's all. Yep. Yeah,
1: Split really. Split it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> For I'd, I'd real, it man.
1: Anyway. I'd take yeah, a Fuck swallow, that shit, bro. You don't play. talk about family like I that. Yeah. I'd For smash real. it on the ground. I'd break it over my hands. I'd. I'd want to throw it right at his face. I'd want to punch him in the face. And you know what? If he did that to oh. a different player, that might have been the circumstance. Because they're real close. NBA Damn. fans, I'll say it. I'll say it every episode if I have to. Every time there's drama, of I'd have to say it. NBA fans are lucky how close they can sit. It's the only sport you can sit that close to. And, like, you know, you're so privileged to be that close. Like, it's just un- it's oh, unfair yeah. almost to the players. It's crazy. Definitely, man. if people start don't behaving themselves, we've seen a lot of people get ejected from games recently, and it's all these courtside fans. I mean, hell,
0: how did this they guy start- not? I mean, I know the game's over, but how did this guy not get not you know knocked out of the arena and like you're not coming back? Because, I mean, I, I would say right now, there's a lot of things that have been done. We know Russell Westbrook over the years, or a couple times in Philly and different shit like that. With that doctor who got you know lost his job and everything, man, I don't want to ruin a kid's life, but. For a kid that's stepping where he shouldn't be stepping, I'm gonna tell you right now, if that was a snake, Kevin Durant, or that was Westbrook or one of them, I can damn near guarantee. I mean, maybe not Westbrook, cause he's been there a couple times. That snake, old Durant, might have really socked his ass. Because, I mean, hell, yo, we'll say we'll be real honest now. If it was Udonis Haslem, he would have taken him to town, bro. <laughs> yeah. That's for damn sure.
1: <laughs> if it was Joker, he would have yeah. waited till the fan turned around and then pushed him.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> right, probably, man. <laughs> For like, real. Hey, that's not even the last of the drama, because we actually saw mid-game this dude dribbling mid-court and talking about Devin Booker. You see his sideline Yo. video, and you see Booker mid-dribbling, looking at the fan, and he, he yells at the fan and calls him a pussy. And that's kind of the only context we have, but... You know, we might have a little bit more on that next week. Who knows? We might have some more insider information about the fan yeah, and try what I find that inside scoop. Yeah. So, scoop hey guys, if you're listening, tune in next week, we might have some special for you. Who knows? Yeah. We'll get back to you on that. But you know, I'm that's all I got for the right NBA. There. Yep. That's that's the NBA news. But if we want to quickly talk about the March Madness, I mean, we saw we got, we got Duke and Texas Tech playing. We got Arkansas versus yep. Gonzaga. We got uh, mm-hmm. UCLA and North Carolina. They played, you know, St. Peter's beat Purdue. That was just crazy.
0: Yeah, that was a wild Who one? do you
1: see all the way? I mean, we got Arizona and Houston. Like, oh, these Nova, my boys. Come on, who you got? It's tough,
0: man. I mean, like, I'm going to say right now, I, I can't call it, but... Duke has been playing well. I'll just be honest about that. They've been playing real well. Seeing Duke and UNC maybe meeting up on again, that'd be pretty awesome to see before Coach K makes that ride off into the sunset. And, I mean, no better way for Coach K to ride off into the sunset than another championship. I don't see it happening. But, man, it's tough. It's really tough at this point. I'm going to just toss it out there at this one. Um, I'm... Villanova, I'm gonna just pop Villanova right there, boy. You're going Villanova.
1: Hey, I like that. You're going the big old Villanova, bro. I I want to roll a Vill- Villanova too. I don't know if they're gonna get there, but those are my boys. It'd be tough. And uh, for those who are listening, we got we got two games tonight. Uh, we got Arkansas versus Duke. That's at 8:50, and then right before that Yo. at six o'clock, we got that Nova game versus Houston. Yo. We're going with Nova. And Houston's tomorrow, been a big, got... big
0: team, though. That's one thing I'll say, honestly. And and to really be mad on I want to be big shout-out to the uh, local area, Rhode Island over there in the Dunkin' Donuts Center, those Providence Friars, man. Ed Cooley, ever since those days with Chris Dunn and all the shit he's been going through with all that, man, he has rose all the way to the occasion. And this year, getting to the fourth seed, absolutely smacking up the East over there, doing what he did. There is nothing else to say but hell of a goddamn job. Watson and all the boys out there in the court absolutely killing it all year. And even damn near coming down to the buzzer against number one Kansas last night was just sweet, man. I would have loved to see them get the dub. Not for my bet, but just to see them get the dub. Because, you know, we all like them fire boys out here in the land this way. So, that's for sure. Yeah,
1: I'm, I'm with you there. They're a the great team. Um, and just hell quickly yeah, And
0: Cooley up, always gets the boys up. yeah.
1: Wrapping up the NCAA and before we move on to the NFL, there's a little bit of facts about St. Peter's. There are Cinderella story, and there's a special reason why they are. A couple of the reasons, first and foremost, they're a 15 seed in the Elite you know, Eight. That's just crazy to begin with. Not only that, oh, but yeah. during the season, they, they weren't able to listen to any music during their team lifts because their weight room was actually right next to a psychology class. And you could hear everything in it. So they had you no know, music during the workouts. Their stadium oh, really? has leaks all over it, so there's water coming in everywhere. They also had to do all the press conferences in yoga classrooms because they didn't actually have yep. you know real rooms to do this, and they didn't have conference rooms. They had to go in yoga yoga rooms. They also have twelve yep. month old basketball bills. You know all the equipment in there, all unpaid for still. The yep. coaches' offices. Mm-hmm. They're just doing what they got to do, bro. Yep. They could. The, the coach offices were flooding because the, the pool was above them. And so they start getting water. And on top of that, they didn't have hot water for a lot of the year either there. So if you want to talk about Cinderella story, St. Peter's, man, you're going to get a movie made about you if you do this.
0: Yeah, no, goddamn for sure, man. And they're doing what they got to do. I mean, I even said it to my wife last night. We were watching the game, and they, were, they kept showing the clip, you know, paying over to the fans in the arena and stuff. And I'm like, yeah. That arena is going to be different next year. Like, bar none, even just this run they've done so far, that arena is going to be different next year. For some, whatever it is, that school's going to get some more grants, whatever the hell it'll be, and they're going to be riding a little more prettier, you know, whoever's there playing. But it's, you know, Dougie and the boys, bro. Dougie and the boys. I say that much. Rubbing them stashes during the free throws. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Well, hell boy, yeah,
1: man. man. NFL side, man.
0: Um, over here on this NFL side, we're uh, sitting up here, pretty man, talking about all the things going on here with the NFL. Going over to those Bucks, and we're just starting up here because there's a lot of rumors coming around town, if i got to say it. And, uh, you know, Brady coming back because he's their quarterback, talking Jensen that uh, Sunday before he came back from retirement. But all these reports coming out now out of nowhere saying... He might just be getting himself a trade out of Tampa. And him and Gronk might be making a decision together. Possibly the Dolphins. Other than that, do we know? It's a rumor of all rumors. But hell, this is one of the wildest offseasons in the NFL, so we can't call it yet. We just got to go with what we got to go with, man. And um, I'll be honest, how do you feel about that? Do you think there's real smoke to that fire? Do you think this is just one of those ones that's... uh, you know, put out there just to get everybody a little riled up.
1: No, nah, I don't think there's any smoke to it. Um, just, just for you know, talk and clout. I think Brady has still been rumored to, to be recruiting guys to Tampa, and you know they already brought all these guys back. You know, Gronk's Gronk's going to join Brady. I mean, wherever he ends up going, but I'm sure it's Tampa. I don't, I don't think that's I the weird part
0: it. is Gronk hasn't signed back yet, and we all know. It. I mean, I can't say we know he's playing, but. He's made it pretty damn well known that he's playing, so I'm like, shit. Like, that's the only reason why I hold anything of even the littlest bit of weight to this. But who knows, man? We'll we'll have to see it coming up. But it's been a big old thing on that side of the, uh, you know, on the, their their waters down there in uh, Tampa, should I say? And I mean, you know, they've been doing a lot on the other side as well over there on the other coast in Miami. You know, bringing in Tyreek Hill this last week, big old trade, absolute. Blockbuster out of nowhere. Five picks for Tyreek Hill. He gets himself a new four-year, what, 120-something million dollar deal. Uh, highest paid receiver. That's some big news, but him coming out and also saying afterwards, now I got the most, was accurate quarterback in the NFL or some shit? And Tua fucking can't even keep a pass, higher low, tongue by Lola? I don't know about that jazz, but he's definitely gassing up some of his boys. I'll say that much. How you feel about that trade? And you think uh, Miami's got something in the bag here? Or you think this is just a big move and it's not going to really pay off? Besides maybe winning some extra games.
1: Well, it's going to be uh, interesting to see Hill next to Waddle, two speedsters, and then Tua for sure. Um, their center there. Who knows? Yep. I think Teddy Bridgewater might get a shot at starting at some point throughout the season. I think that's safe to say. Um, all right,
0: all right. And, I mean, Teddy's and if, a pretty good guy. He's not a typical it. clipboard holder, so I could, I could agree with it. But it's just tough with Tua being such a young quarterback. I feel like he's not going to have to get hurt, or he's going to have to just really play some shitty ball because it's going to be. I feel like it's going to be hard for him to play too shitty with with those two, Gisecki, uh Devont, they don't have Devontae still do that. I think they still have Devontae. I mean, it, that's going to be gonna a gnarly him. offense. Yeah. That, they, however it goes, they that's a gnarly him. offense. I mean,
1: yeah. Either way, even without Devontae, yeah, for sure. And where we get back for him, if you do trade him, it'll be great. But who knows? Yeah, he's no, exactly. Uh, he. He's unproven, so this is his yeah, chance. Yeah, I mean, he's young, obviously. I'm not expecting him to prove himself already, but I'm just saying... We haven't really seen too much progress.
0: Yeah, most definitely. And Tua had a hell of a backside of the year last year. Doing what he did, honestly, didn't really... I mean, like, he didn't impress me in the beginning, but coming out there and doing what he did to finish off the year, and even in the uh, middle of the year there, he was absolutely lighting it up with guys that you wouldn't expect it. Were they playing the greatest of teams? Not really, but, I mean, hey, it's how it goes. And uh, Brian Flores should have never lost that goddamn job and told he's got to lose games. Some bullshit up in that. But I'm going to talk about another team that's always fucking around with the bullshit, and that's old Believeland and the Cleveland over there going and trading for big old Deshaun got a lot of charges on me. Watson, who finally beat the rest of them off this last weekend, beating that last one down there the Texas 14. declining. You what? No, never
1: mind. Never <laughs> mind.
0: Oh, so near but, yeah, no, uh, they're getting Deshaun Watson over there, couple picks and everything, doing what they did, three first-rounders. I mean, Deshaun, what he is, he's a great quarterback. I ain't going to stink about that. But him and uh, Mari Cooper there together, JaKeem Grant, you know, David Njoku. Seems like they're starting to build a little bit of something over there in Cleveland. I mean, I still think it's some bull that, you know, Baker's being treated like he is, but... Hey, it's what it is. Dude played a goddamn whole year broken arm, you know, shoulder whatever it is, broken ribs. He balled the hell out no matter the stats whatever it is, he stuck it the shit out. And I wouldn't I'm gonna say right now no other quarterback would have stuck that out during the season, not even Tom fucking Brady. So, put some fucking respect on that name. And for the rumors of him possibly Baker going to the Bucks, that can be the best thing to save his goddamn career and it doesn't even really need saving right now. That dude's a boss, fucking Moxie man, like any other quarterback in the NFL. Better than. So, how do you feel about that situation with Deshaun in there, and in the Baker situation? What do you think with that? Think lucky
1: Baker to just back up Deshaun just in case he does get suspended, and even if he goes to the Bucks, like you're saying, I mean he's he'll be playing a backup role either way, at least for this one more year. So I think most definitely if you're the Browns and you can't get anything out of it, there's no harm in keeping him. I mean, if he refuses to play backup, that's one thing. But I think it's fine just to hold on to him. You know, Deshaun, not likely getting suspended, but he still could. Um, So it's good security. And like I said, if you don't get enough back, there's no harm in holding on to him one more year.
0: I mean, there's definitely no reason to not have him as a backup. But I'm going to say right now for the reason of you know disrespecting a man and what he did for you the last two years. One, getting you to a playoff run that you ain't been in for fucking 20 years, and your team's been just dog shit to begin with, been dragged through the mud. You've taken players like Joe Hayden. You've taken players like, I mean, Josh Gordon, he is what he is. He's done things to himself. But a lot of great players, especially linemen, Joe Thomas, man, put his whole goddamn career in that damn franchise and just... Got dragged through shit year after year. And he even said it himself. Every year, they're sitting there thinking they could win a chip. They win like three fucking games. So, to take all these absolute all-star talent dudes and damn near waste their careers away. And now you go out and do this to a guy who just brought you some playoff relevancy. I'm going to say... I love you, Browns, because you're my second team, but fuck y'all. Y'all don't know shit of what you're doing. And bringing in Deshaun Watson, love the move because he's Deshaun. He's a great quarterback, but he's also one of the most improvised quarterbacks in the NFL. Dude doesn't know how to just sit in the pocket and make a play. So unless you get another weapon for him out there, I'm going to say right now, they're going to be a disappointment again this year. Like, safe, honestly, to me is going to say they're going to be a disappointment. Amari Cooper might get hurt. Which won't even matter at the end of the day. He could be out there all game, every game. I think they're going to be like eight and nine, nine and eight. That's that's where I see them. There's a ceiling to that team because they don't have. Deshaun is not a moxie man. Deshaun is the if it's going right, we're riding, and if we're not, I'm kind of a bitch. I'll be honest. You saw how many times with the Texans he would just, and especially like he get he can play, he can ball in big games. But how many times you see him play the Patriots? See him play even the Steelers at times, different stuff like that. You know, he's out there trying to improvise. Throws a pick late in the game. Granted, sometimes the defense plays enough to get the ball back, but can't be handing that shit over to the defense all the time and expecting to get away with it, man. And especially when you're a Browns player, you ain't got that much room for error, man. The dog pen will eat you the fuck up. I say that much, but That's um, true. oh yeah, yeah, definitely, man. That's how I've been feeling all about that. I don't want to drop too much of a bomb on him, but it's just how I feel, man. Deshaun's a good dude. He's a good quarterback and all, but just an, too much of an improviser at the end of the day. Like we were talking with Brad, Big Bad Brad on the show when he was on for the interview. Those improvisers can get themselves in some real shitty situations. And, um, you know, when it comes to those pocket quarterbacks like Rodgers, like Brady, others like that. Even Kirk, I'll put it out there, Kirk fucking Cousins. He's a pocket quarterback who can make big plays because he doesn't turn his fucking back to the defense. That quick little twirl is all you need for that defense to shift the fuck around on you and make a big play on you. So, I'll leave it at that. But, talking about big packs and shit on the attack or not, what about those damn Green Bay Packers, man? Up in Wisconsin, the frozen tundra. We saw Rodgers go back for three-year, 150 mil, not the first reported four-year, 250 or whatever the hell that was. But then Devontae Adams, man, gets a nice-on ship on out, traded to the Raiders, bro. How the hell does that go? And now we see vandalized Scantling or whatever going to the Chiefs as well. So Rodgers just signed back there for good old happy days. Is this what it looking like? They ain't going to win shit. Yeah,
1: That's how I, I mean- feel. They weren't going through anyways. Rogers signed there for the money. I mean, even if he took a pay cut, brought back Adams, brought back MBS, they're not doing anything. We, how many times have you see this in me? You sure about that? The, yeah, I'm sure about that. You sure about that, Come
0: though? I, I mean, I don't know, man. I feel like if Adams was back there, at least Adams. and Because at this point, with them having basically no fucking receiving core besides Alan Lazard and Robert Tanyan, they are basically going to be forced to, not to move up in the draft in the first round, but draft a receiver right away. And if they don't, doesn't this just start the bullshit again with Aaron Rodgers?
1: Eh? Who knows? Because how, how sold are they on Jordan Love? Are they going
0: to be looking for another quarterback? I mean, three years, one hundred and fifty mil. You better be stuck with Rodgers for those three years, because there's no reason to move away from him at this oh, yeah. point. Yeah, I'm not talking Wait, about. I'm just true talking and Barnum.
1: Years, not not this coming draft. No,
0: I mean I don't know, man. I, there's,
1: there's
0: not. It, there's really up, no quarterbacks up, right now. Yeah, so
1: why set why set up your core offense when you're when you're trying to plan for five ten years down the road when you only got this money hogging quarterback that doesn't care about
0: winning for three years? Why waste time? I mean, time? Is he money hogging because why what what the first contract yes, was was going to be a hundred more million. I don't know if that's money hogging it really. I mean, oh, was, it was four only two fifty 250
1: 250 so I thought it was two. Well, that's still another year, so it's not even an extra hundred. That's still an extra fifty only per year. That's only an extra yeah. year. I mean, I don't know.
0: I just three years one fifty does not seem very much to me for a for a quarterback that basically right now is I can almost stamp as the best quarterback in the NFL. Bar none with that foot injury last year, and he even played through it and still played star level shit. He's the best quarterback to me, almost bar none in the NFL. Brady, right there, obviously. But I just right now I don't know with their core and how yeah. they're going to go. Who knows with that? Honestly, they they kept most of what they got around yeah, them nuts. and everything a- as well as he comes back. But I don't know. That's tough. Why would you take yeah. a quarterback back like that with all the bullshit going on and then get rid of all of his weapons? Literally any weapon that would matter. I mean, Van Scantling, whatever. He's he's what he is. But well, to, to just get rid of Devontae Adams, that's oof. they
1: didn't have a saying, in Devontae Adams. He chose. He turned down more money to go team up with his old college buddy. They offered him more money. No, than I get that. It down. So they had to do that. But and no, and, I get yeah, that. I and that's Adams what I'm saying. Like they
0: <laughs> wanted to push the money around. They wanted to push the money to Adams, but he just didn't want it. So. Maybe if they went $32 million, he would have came back, but it just didn't seem that way, man. It seemed like he was set in stone that he wanted to go to L.A., or, I mean, uh, Las Vegas.
1: Yeah, and I think Rodgers, he is the best quarterback in the league, but I still think he's money-hogging. I mean, like you said, just Brady might be the second best, but he's the complete opposite. He takes the minimum pay, essentially, So, and he's not. He yeah, could be I the guess. best in you know, money-hogging. <laughs>
0: As a Patriots fan and knowing how his contracts have gone in the past, it's not minimum. It's it's still a hell of a lot of pay. It's just the, well, I shine a decent long-term deal, I back-end all the money to that last year, and I never see that last year because we work a deal again and it gets over with. Only thing last time with the Patriots is he never saw it last year because he said, I'm getting the fuck out of here and I'm going to the Bucs. But I'll be honest, though, I just don't. At this point, with everything that went on this last offseason, whatever was said by Rodgers or not said, I just don't even see what what the issue was in the first place because the issue was not solved this off season. If anything, I feel like this issue got worse. So maybe he went back. I mean, they said he made the decision after he officiated the wedding there for one of his teammates. Uh, so maybe it was all happy times and a lot of smiles and laughs and maybe some drinks as well. Some drinks, some smokes. Maybe they uh, they had a yeah. good old time after that, and that's when they made the decision. Though Big old A.J. Hawk and the cigars. But uh, I don't know, man. I mean, that's how it goes. But we talk about something else in the way she goes. we got to talk a little about this AFC West. We were talking a little about Devontae Adams before and how I said that the Raiders going to be that bottom feeder in the division. Well, they heard me, and they must have heard me, honestly, because they went out and got Chandler Jones, they went out, re-signed goddamn, uh, what's-his-name there, to that big deal. Their other Max Crosby on the line. They got Rocky Sin in a trade from the Colts. Amir Abdullah. Like, they're just adding people on as they go. And for everyone in this division that's been absolutely stacking up, who do you think right now is the biggest threat coming out of the AFC West? Because I think there might be three playoff teams this year coming out there.
1: Oh, I totally agree. It's hard not to go with the Chiefs, but I'm going to go with the Chargers just because of that defense is so elite.
0: Yeah? You like those Chargers? You like that Khalil Mack and JC Jackson? A little I bit do. Of I like action, all... I like all.
1: Them you know, the Mike Williams... All right, all right. Yeah, I think they're great I mean, all Mike around. Williams,
0: he... They definitely could have signed Mike Williams for a little less than that bullshit. I think that's a little much for a deep threat, but... I mean, hey, he's a good receiver. I'm going I'm to give it that because especially the quarterback they got there in Justin Herbert, little Gerber boy over there, he can definitely get him that ball in almost any spot. So he's certainly worth it to him and himself as a quarterback and in that offense. Hopefully they manage the clock, uh, clock correctly there. And uh, so much peacock in my run right now. Uh, hopefully they manage the clock correctly and they get this thing right this year and don't fuck up some games late in the fourth quarter. But uh, i I feel like I'm going to have to go homer with uh, my wife over here. I I like those Broncos this year, man. I really do. Honestly, Russell Wilson going over there is a big uh, upgrade for them. But having the offense they do around him right now, I know Noah Fant isn't there. But, hell, you got Sutton. You got Jerry Judy. You got Tim Patrick, who I think right now stamp it down just because they have Russell Wilson. Tim Patrick, I believe, is going to be the number one slot guy in the NFL this year, Book him for at least 80 catches, and I'm going to say 800 yards, five touchdowns, easy. Not even a question. Any fantasy people, whatever you want, bookies, whatever, knock down those numbers, put them in, because lock it, that's what it's going to be. All right, How you like it. that offense? You think them, and especially that defense, I mean, I've been seeing it over the culmination of years here, they're getting Justin Simmons over there from Boston College, high flying, big hitter, dude that can absolutely hawk any ball that goes in the air. I saw against the Patriots last year or two years ago, sorry, he was hawking everything in that game. Ne- nearly had three picks, I think he had two. And just in general, a dude that at safety, you're not normally catching the ball that easy, and he's making it look like it's Odell Beckham one handed cake. And then you got their draft pick from last year over there. You got Sertain the second. That dude is lighting it up until he got hurt last year. And then, you know, too bad they didn't bring back Von Miller, but they do still have a pretty solid defense up front and everything. So Chubb and everything in there, I think they got themselves a decent lineup going forward and uh, certainly something to really play around with, that's for sure. Randy Gregory is going to be, hopefully he pays to that contract of the five-year $70 million because he could be a damn threat, I'll say that much.
1: Yeah, totally. Uh, Wilson in there, they finally got that quarterback they need. Like we said a few weeks ago, they kind of had uh, a couple dunces in the last, like, all the quarterbacks since Peyton, basically. So finally, they got a guy they can hopefully rely on and trust in and create a bigger spark than they had in recent years.
0: Yeah, most definitely, man. And kicking it... Sorry. Kicking over here next, I wanted to talk a little bit. I know we kind of brushed on a little bit about Tyree Kill and those Dolphins and whatever might possibly go around. But how do you feel going into this AFC East with this year as of right now, with all the moves that have gone on? We have just so many, you know, whatever trades, where it's signings, whatnot. I feel like everyone keeps saying the Patriots are going to be that third team in the division right now. And I think I'm, I won't say that they're supposed to be something great or anything like that. Um, but bringing in Malcolm Butler here recently, that was a big move. I think that's going to be something massive for them going forward. That they don't really have a cornerback besides him, and I mean they have Jonathan Jones. They got some other dudes, but someone to come back in that is you know to me maybe not the best like a Hawkeye you know cornerback or nothing. Not a shutdown guy. But a dude that can make tackles and keep people in front of him for the most part, which is going to be huge for that defense because they are an up-front run-stuff kind of defense at the point right now, or should-be run-stuff defense is how I put it. And, um, you know, with some of these weapons that seem to be coming out here in the AFC East, it's going to be a tall order for them. But I also think that, you know, just maybe, just maybe, like I think about the Chargers and their mediocrity, that some of these teams maybe even with their big signings just won't pop off just the way you think they're going to do it. Think those Bills are going to be repeating for a third year? I don't know about that.
1: I do. I I think they will, and I don't have. To, I think the Patriots finished second. Actually, I don't know if you think that the Dolphins are going to be ahead of them, but I, I could see. I think
0: I think Patriots, they'll finish second. We need to... but it's Dolphins are going to be tough. I think they can lose both those games pretty easily. Honestly. Dolphins always play them hard, no matter who they get.
1: Especially in Miami, Patriots seem to lose there quite often. But I think with oh, yeah. the Patriots, um, they made the, they made the moves that they can this year. I think next year we're going to see a lot more from them. What I want to see this year is yeah. a step up from Mac Jones. He did pretty decent last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I I still wouldn't put him above Trevor Lawrence's play, um, given you know the circumstances, what they have, the factors, and all that. Um, just pound for pound, yeah. but. He has done—he did do well. I'm not going to say he did bad, but I, I want to see him yep. get a next step up because if he performs the same as he did last year, um, you know, we're not going to see much change. It's quite simple.
0: No, exactly. And it and it, everyone keeps saying, oh, the Patriots need a weapon. The Patriots need a weapon. And, you know, the Patriots last year went out and got Nelson Aguilar. And they went, okay, we at least have—maybe not a true weapon. We have a deep ball guy that, if Mac needs to, he can throw over the top two. And what happened— there was nothing there. There was no flame to the fire. There was n- Nelson Aguilar was literally he could he could have been not on the team He's and it wouldn't have fucking contract. mattered to shit. Yeah. Yeah, He's exactly. On contract and and I sit here and look at it and I go, why don't we let the kid grow? Give him everything he needs for underneath route, re- running receivers, all that stuff. Whatever the Jazz is all in the, you know, inner workings of the defense, making everybody make their moves, you know, good cuts, everything like that. We don't need to go getting him some big-name receiver right now. Reason being, like you said, he needs to grow. And, you, yeah, you can grow with a big guy, a big-name player, whatever. But what happens when you lose that big-name player because you got him too early in your career and then you kind of fall backwards in your progression? I want to see him progress with bullshit and then get the big guy who can help him take the top off of defense. Because then... You're gonna have real, you know, real mesh, real chemistry. You're gonna be able to go on a run. If you waste getting a big guy right now with him and nothing happens, then what's the shit staying on him? Is oh well, he's not that good, and and you know, oh, the Patriots really aren't that relevant anymore. Eh, that's how it's gonna go, and then no one's gonna to want to come sign with them. No one's gonna, you know, no one's gonna to want to get traded to him because you know yeah. NFL's kind of getting the NBA side now. Where Dudes are gonna have a little more say in where they're going and trading and whatnot. Especially even if they don't have a clause, there's a lot of guys that just not. Nah, that's not me because they're just gonna they're gonna be Gronk, they're gonna retire, they're gonna quit on them, whatever. So, like I said and like you said, Weapon ain't needed right now. He just needs the echelon up and get these progressions done, man. But Patriots doing what they do most off seasons. They're signing back dudes like James White. They got Juwan Bentley back. They got Terrence Mitchell, another cornerback. But like I said in the beginning. They let J.C. Jackson go for the big money somewhere else. Hopefully, I'm, I'm thinking that might not work out so hot with the Chargers, but they got a lot of big boys in that defense now, so who knows. But they also went back and signed Devin McCourty like I thought, Nick Folk, and Matt Slater. So they're bringing back the core, the dudes that at the end of the day when shit is hitting the fan. And I'm, I'm telling you now, they probably will have a worse record than last year, and shit will hit the fan at certain points, maybe multiple points in the year. Those men are going to keep that locker room together, especially McCourty and Slater, 1-1-A. They're just the veterans. They're the guys that have been there, the guys that know how to do it and how to handle the biz, especially when it's going wrong. But I also feel like we could see a big surprise out of them. But like you said, Mac was doing what he did last year. It just sucked to see him kind of back up in the end of last year. He came in not like a lion, should I say, but he certainly went out like a lamb, man. And that was pretty sad to see that. But... Hey, it's a new year, new man, new Mac, Mac Daddy, that is. (laughs) Hope so. So we'll kick it over next year though, and one of these ones that I was thinking about kept me up a little bit because I really wasn't sure who to think of or nothing, but we still got a couple big-name guys out there on that market, and one that keeps getting rumored to the Rams, but we're just very unsure. We got that big linebacker, the big Bobby Wagner, big man over there. We got... Cole Beasley, the receiver that coming out of those bills, man, someone that I've always loved as a slot guy. He's one of the best slots in the league, no matter barring on what he's doing or not doing. And then Jarvis Landry as well, another guy that likes to cook up those defenses from the inside out. So who out of those guys do you see going to a team that's going to be, one, a contender? And in general, you see any of them making a big uh, splash this year on whatever team they land on? I think Wagner's going to end up going
1: to a contender for sure. I think, oh, most uh, definitely. He's
0: too old to not.
1: Yeah. I think Landry, he'll end up on a team that just maybe needs a wide receiver one. If not, then definitely a two. Um, yeah. Depending on the quarterback, I think he's going to be fine wherever he ends up. Um, Cole Beasley, I think he'll be a great slot guy somewhere. Um, who, who I don't know specifically where he, he might end up, but he can fit in a lot of good places. And yeah, we Cole Beasley him.
0: is like the Swiss Army knife, man. I feel like no matter what team he goes to, he's going to make them better. And it, I wouldn't say you, true Udonis Haslam role, but he's going to be that guy wherever he goes. He can coach up, especially dudes that somewhere are like him trying to make their name in the league.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, Zadarius Smith was actually picked up by the Vikings a few days ago, so he's off yep, the... Yep, uh, I did
0: see that. That's that's going to be a big one. Yeah, I didn't update that one, but yeah, no, that was a big move for them. I I think... They've always been big on having good linebackers and everything, so it's going to be someone that uh, I definitely think is going to make a big difference for them. But you talking about Landry over there, receiver 1, receiver 2 spot. You know, I'm just thinking of it out of 100% out of random. I could see Jarvis Landry going to those Jag Kitties. Him him and uh what's his name there? Yeah. I think that would be a big thing for progression with uh, Trevor Lawrence down there. As
1: a bandwagon Jaguars fan, since Doug Peterson hire, I would like that. That's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> that
0: I said hey. Doug Peterson. Bringing the rings down to Jacksonville. <laughs> Jacksonville. <Yeah. laughs> Not for real, man. And, uh, yeah, Bobby Wagner, man, I, at this point, they've been kicking the tires. Everyone keeps saying the Rams. I don't think it could be the Rams at this point. I feel like it's going to be some other team that's going to be, you know, cooking around, you know, definitely in that range. But on, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> you, you keep trying to get that Wagner on there, man. You're crazy. Get out of here. But, I mean, I said before I'd love the Pats to get him. Um, I definitely, I don't think he's going to get massive money, but I still think he's going to get too much for Belichick to want to write that check out for him. So I'm going to stamp it down now. Bobby Wagner to the big old Green Bay Packers. I think the It'll Packers need to find a little bit of something in there and uh, solidify that and help. I think I said it before, but Cole Beasley might also find his way on the Packers, too. They need weapons, bro. They need Dude, weapons. We need- and Randall Cobb is not what Randall Cobb used to be. That's for damn sure. What but about Jarvis wanna- Landry to the Packers? I could see that, too. I definitely could. I mean, like- for me, I just... I, I don't know. Jarvis Landry just seems like he's an island boy to me. I don't know about that, but that's what he seems like, so... That's kind of why I threw that one out there. That and It just seems like the Jag Kitties are trying to give, you know, old Trevor Boy, you know, big long hair there, about anything he can have right now to be able to do the work. But Travis Etienne, man, stamp that down, because I think if he doesn't get hurt again in the preseason this year, that could be a hell of a goddamn guy to come out in that team, uh, yeah. being such a versatile running back that he is. But I want to finish up here in the last part of this segment, in the last part of this show with a good old second-round pick from the New England Patriots back when Tom Brady may have thought my job could be on the line. That is a 49ers quarterback they're trying to kick out of town, but can't seem to get out of town. That's Jimmy G. Where do you think he's going to land, man? Because I'm sitting here looking all around the board, and like we said, and like I said earlier in the show, I think this right now, this league has the absolute most amount of quarterbacks on teams that they could be on to really just kind of even out everything and make it so there's no real team without one guy. But there obviously is a team that do need to draft this year, somebody. So who do you think Jimmy G is going to land to? And if not, in general, what do you think his perfect scenario is?
1: I think that well, we definitely know, they came out and said he will be traded this year. Like He's not going to play for the Niners this coming season as a backup or starter, I believe. So given that, I kind of want to roll it. just given the people that need it, I wanna say the Seahawks or the i really I think the Steelers are more realistic. I think they would fit better do. with the Steelers. I think that he would he would do pretty well in a lot of these places that we have mentioned, you know the Colts, the Giants, the Panthers, oh, uh yeah. Texans. I think he would do well in a lot of these spots, but given the circumstances, I think Steelers is the best look for him right now.
0: Yeah, because I honestly, I I can't lie. I mean, it's not that they should be picking another guy because they got a quarterback with a big, big contract right now. But those Lions been pretty hard rumored up to get Mark Willis from Liberty out there, that quarterback in the draft, who I said right away from the start, y'all love Pickett, y'all love Sam Howell, all that stuff. But Mark goddamn Willis has been the dude and been the man. And everyone says he can't throw a deep ball. Yeah, I see some difference in that. And, uh... That lit, uh, the uh, bowl game they're in, too, over there, I think the pinstripe bowl in Yankee Stadium, they played a hell of a game, maybe not against the greatest team ever, but I think it was against Virginia Tech, but still played a hell of a game, did what they did. Uh, he's been rolling, doing what he's been doing. For every year, he's been with Liberty and just getting better. So I think he's going to be a guy to really look out for in the draft. But Jimmy G, man, you said it, and I can't – it's hard. I look at this list, and I'm like, there's definitely teams in there, and the Seahawks need badly – But they also got the pick from the Broncos, so I think they're going to be where Pickett goes at the end of the day, because there's no way Pickett gets all the way back to the Steelers, no matter how bad they want that dude. Because we know damn well Tomlin is never going to trade up for a guy like that. He said it to Chase Young a couple years ago, and his mold of never being the shittiest team and always being around the 500 or better, it's tried and true, and he's never going to get there. So... For me, I'm gonna stamp it down, dude. Jimmy G is gonna become a Steeler. Mitch Trubisky has been the backup since he was signed. I'd never thought in a day of my life he was gonna be the starter. And if he is, fuck me. But I'm gonna say right now, Jimmy G best fit is with those Steelers. The Steelers, honestly, Jimmy G could fit on any team, but those Steelers, man, they got enough weapons. They got what they got. They have a running game. There's just it it's a match made in heaven to me, man. He's a good play caller. He can see things at the line, and that's everything that the Steelers have, and have or are and have always been, honestly, is a team that reads everything before the play and just dissects things. And as much as people want to shit on Big Ben for not being the best player, that's what carried him through to the end of his career. And to even get to the playoffs this last year was reading them damn plays. So I'm a stamp at his Steelers, but Seahawks is the number two on that one. So that's how I feel about it. But – I mean, that's all we got today on the show for us, but, man, I got to say, it's a breath of fresh air because this NFL, NBA, it's a big shakeup this year, man. Everybody's going wild. There's so much parity, and um, I'm going to say right now, there ain't one team that I think pulls out away from anyone else in either leagues right now. It is just an absolute toss-up. It's a jumble in a fucking goddamn lottery container and toss them all out on the table because that's how it's going right now. So... For us over here on the 26th of March, for me and Sir McGee, we're up on out of here, people. Y'all take it easy. Have a great one. Love y'all.